0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Environmental Protection Agency is strengthening an Obama-era rule that limits emissions of mercury and other harmful pollutants from coal-fired power plants. The agency on Wednesday proposed the first significant update to the mercury and air toxic standard since 2012. Two big things to note. The update is part of EPA's broader effort to push utilities to close older coal plants. And still, like other Biden-era environmental rules, this update is expected to draw significant pushback and potential legal challenges from the coal sector and Republicans. So today, Politico's Alex Gian on the details of EPA's new rule and what it means for coal plants. It's Thursday, April 6th.
1: So the proposal has two major parts to it. One would require all coal plants to slash by about two-thirds their emissions of various heavy metals and air toxics like nickel and arsenic and lead. And so that would apply to all coal plants everywhere. And again, it would be about a two-thirds reduction from the current limit. The other prong applies specifically to plants that burn a type of coal called lignite. Only about 8% of coal mined in the U.S. is lignite, and it's mined almost exclusively in North Dakota and Texas. It's also pretty much burned there. Lignite coal is usually burned pretty close to at power plants that are close to the mine. It's lower energy content coal, so in burning it, there's higher mercury emissions. So the original rule from a decade ago or so set a different class of mercury limits for lignite coal. It was a lot higher than it was for all the other types of coal plants. EPA is now proposing to require that all the lignite coal plants follow the same limit as all the other coal plants have been following for mercury specifically.
0: Got it. And as you note in your reporting... The Obama administration's first iteration of this rule was influential in prompting coal plant retirements. Of course, market forces played a role as well. But how big of a role did that rule actually play?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, for certain, because like you mentioned, there are a lot of of factors that go into these sort of decisions. But it was pretty broadly credited with helping to retire a lot of older coal plants that often were only run part time as basically as backup, whenever there was significant demand and they they had to bring in extra capacity for the grid. And a lot of those plants, because they were older, had sort of been grandfathered into a lot of environmental regulations and were often a lot higher polluting than other coal plants that ran more regularly and were, were newer. So it was considered a pretty broadly a successful regulation, particularly in shuttering coal plants that, you know, some of the older coal plants But like you said, there are a lot of factors that go into this, including economic ones, and certainly utilities have been waiting for a climate regulation, a federal climate regulation to come down. They're still waiting, but something's going to come eventually. So that's how this rule played out.
0: Right. And then how does EPA expect the stronger rule, if finalized, to impact that trend? And is it expecting it to accelerate coal plant closures?
1: Yeah, I asked about that. And EPA says not really. So for the lignite portion of this, the agency said that they don't expect any lignite plants to close because of these more stringent mercury requirements. I'm still waiting to hear from, you know, the industry about their thoughts on that. As for the broader limits on other heavy metals that will apply to every coal plant, EPA said it projected 500 megawatts retiring instead of paying to install, you know, or to run pollution controls more efficiently. And that's sort of a rough estimate. It's not saying there's a specific plant they think is going to close or whatever. They're just saying we expect around that amount of capacity to close in response to it. 500 megawatts being sort of like an average size for one unit or one power plant, but they vary in size, so you can't say specifically.
0: Interesting. And then how does this rule fit into the broader mix of regulatory proposals EPA is planning for the coming months to address emissions as part of its climate agenda? And you know, what are you watching for next?
1: Yes. So Administrator Michael Regan has, for more than a year now, been pretty clear that he's looking to update a whole suite of regulations that apply to power plants in order to incentivize utilities to, instead of paying for pollution controls for conventional pollutants like this and carbon dioxide and water discharge pollutants and coal ash, which is a a physical waste, There's a whole suite of rules he's looking to strengthen, and he's hoping that instead of bothering to install all these new pollution controls and take all these actions to comply, utilities will just say, honestly, it's cheaper to just shut down our coal and switch to something cleaner, natural gas, or probably more preferably for the administration, renewables. We recently saw a stronger water discharge rule out of EPA. We've now got the mercury rule that's stronger. EPA continues to regulate coal ash, which is pushing some utilities on the waste front. And then sometime in the foreseeable future, EPA will put out its new climate rule. This is the third attempt by the agency after the Obama rule and then the Trump rule. Now we're out of the Biden rule. And they're operating in the post Supreme Court ruling where they have a little bit of guidelines and guardrails on what they can't do. That rule is currently under review at the White House. So proposal um, could be out this spring and everybody will be keeping their eye on that for sure. Big regulation to come.
0: Also, on Wednesday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit dismissed a lawsuit from Louisiana and other Republican-controlled states that challenged the Biden administration's social cost of carbon. The court had previously allowed the metric to be used by agencies while litigation played out. The interim figure essentially restored Obama-era numbers adjusted for inflation after the Trump administration had reduced the value. But the Biden administration has signaled it intends to increase the number eventually. In the meantime, EPA has moved forward with its own updated version that significantly increases the cost assigned to carbon dioxide, increasing the benefits of climate regulations. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power-switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Brigmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow support for this program is provided by chevron the human energy company chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today learn more at chevron.com